What's going on, everybody? Session two of the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival Process Potables here on the podcast stage in the podcast tent. We are here to drink some beer, raise some hell, see less than Jake, drink some more beer, and we're actually going to talk about a lot of different stuff today. We're not just going to do Sixers. Uh, my friend Matt's going to be calling in from Steady Picks Radio, his show, Vegas Always Knows, giving us some MLB plays for tonight uh, that you'll be able to get in for the uh, 7 o'clock and later game. So really excited to talk to him. Starting the day off, we're actually kicking it back to our Punches and Potable show. We're going to talk UFC 263. I have Robbie Tats with us from the podcast. Rob, welcome to AC Beer Fest. Yeah, I am so overwhelmingly excited for this. Um, I think I've only been to Beer Fest once, if not maybe twice, always in the convention center as it always has been. So to come here today, see all of the different tents, see just how large the festival is outside of a convention center, and the fact that just like four tents away from us there is a cigar stand that oh, is yeah. definitely going to be getting some patronage uh, right after we're done talking about the UFC a little bit. Yeah, so we're, we're not bothering with tonight. The The thing we're talking about, obviously, if you is UFC 263, yeah. a stacked card, even for me, more of a casual guy. A lot of names on this one that even, that even I think the most casual of fans will recognize. Israel Adesanya, Davison Figueredo, Nate Diaz, Damian Maya, Brendan Moreno, a ton of huge names. We have two title fights, and the Diaz fight is also going five rounds yep. as well. So even without being... A title fight, just such a big event that they're giving these fights the extra rounds. Really excited. Going to be a hell of a card. So we're going to dive right into it. Rob, talk to me about the the opener for the main card, Paul Craig versus Jamal Hill. Yeah, so this one, I mean, like you said, the whole entire card is stacked. And even if you're a more casual person, you don't really um, know so many names, um, or even if you do know the more popular ones that you already mentioned, um, the implications of a lot of these fights and what it could do for, you know, each fighter's career, it, it, just from start to finish, it's, it's insane. So Paul Craig, veteran in the UFC. Um, now, in 2020, he actually did fight twice. Uh, so during the pandemic, he was able to get uh, two fights in, uh, one submission win, and then an absolutely beautiful TKO. Uh, so, you know, obviously somebody that a lot of people have been watching for a long time. Um, Hill, uh, Hill's actually brand new to the UFC. He just started in 2020, had a couple fight night appearances, and then this is actually his very first uh, UFC pay-per-view debut. So obviously as a young up-and-comer who has an 8-0 win streak to face somebody with such a you know laundry list of nasty submission and TKO victories like Paul Craig. Um, so we're looking at Paul Craig trying to get back into the runnings and Jamal Hill trying to continue his hype as a new guy. Um, you know, So that's really what we're seeing pretty much for the whole night outside of the two championship fights are people who need to win this in order for it to positively affect their career going forward. So this is where it starts. Uh, a big one for both of them. But yeah, momentum-wise, they both need it. So I want to talk the betting odds for each of these, but before I tell you the odds, I want you to give me what your pick would be, and then we can see how it conveys to what the odds actually are on uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code TBPN. So for this one, I'm going with the vet. 
uh, is amazing as Jamal Hill has been in his uh, 2020 appearances and fight nights. Uh, as good as his record is currently being undefeated, uh, there's something that is just vicious about Paul Craig, and I just think it's going to be really difficult for Jamal Hill to come in and um, you know steal that momentum that he has coming off of just two insanely beautiful finishes in 2020. Well, then it sounds like you would find Paul Craig to be a really good value bet because Jamal Hill's a 3-1 to favorite per DraftKings, minus 305. Paul Craig, a plus 235 underdog. So a lot of value there if you want to ride with the Paul Craig pick like Rob is giving us. Move on to the next fight on this card, Damian Maya versus Bilal Muhammad. Yeah, so like you said, Damian Maya is one that stands out. Um, notably so, I think he's 43 years old now and he's been in the game for a long, long time. Uh, arguably one of the best grapplers in MMA history, not just UFC, but just MMA as a whole, mixed martial arts, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, Damian Maia is one of the best when it comes to taking it to the ground. Um, but Bilal Muhammad is a name that had and still has a lot of hype to it as well. Uh, coincidentally, the draw that he just had with um, you know, his last fight was because of an eye poke, an unintentional eye poke that the judges actually decided instead of him just getting the victory from Dr. Stoppage because Leon Edwards, who's in the next fight, uh, accidentally poked him in the eye twice. So they did call it a draw. Uh, so same thing as the first one. Bilal Muhammad facing an absolute legend and veteran in the sport. He needs to continue his hype and continue that momentum in order to continue to make a name for himself in this industry. But Damian Maya right now, is on a vicious tear as well. Uh, I mean, let's see. Uh, let's see. Damian Maia in 2020 had one loss to Gilbert Burns, but we know he's an absolute monster, so sometimes it's who you lose to. Uh, and then in 2019, he had two submission wins, uh, and they were absolutely insane, and they were early rounds. So to think that Damian Maia is washed up at 43 is a joke. Uh, so th this one's going to be very, very close. You have a very young rookie coming in with a lot of hype, and again, a very much older veteran, but a veteran who is probably going to be a Hall of Famer one day. Again, want to take it to the odds, but before I do, give me your pick for this fight and why. This one, just because I think Bilal Muhammad has uh, the, the proper mindset, especially after the draw, he's been very, very motivated in trying to get back and just prove himself even more. Uh, and with Muha or Maya coming off of a loss uh, that could be detrimental, especially at his age, I don't know what his camp's been like, unfortunately. I'm going with Muhammad on this one. I think he's going to come back with a very, very big passion and aggression to try and prove himself again. Yep, the books would agree with you. Bilal Muhammad minus 265, so almost a 3-1 to one favorite. Uh, not as much a favorite as Hill in the first fight, but pretty close. Damian Maia, 2-1 to one underdog, plus 200. Yeah. So, uh, so far it looks like we're finding value on the Paul Craig, plus 235, but uh, looking for the favorite in this one. So probably not too much value at minus 265, uh, maybe one to avoid. But uh, Paul Craig, we're, we like the, the uh, plus money there. Yeah. So fortunate for that one. We get to the big three here now. We start before we get to the two title fights. We have a five-round just regular bout. Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards. Now, Nate Diaz probably one of the most recognizable names there is. And, uh, you know, just a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Um, I mean, and unfortunately, that is one of the talking points is the fact that uh, you know, Leon Edwards right now, outside of that draw to the person we just spoke of, Bill Muhammad, uh, from the unintentional two eye pokes uh, in the doctor stoppage, uh, he's been on a 10-fight win streak. 
I've loved this guy since he got into the UFC. He seems almost unstoppable. Bilal Muhammad was a great matchup. I was so upset that it got stopped because those two, I'm hoping one day we'll see in the octagon again. Uh, but Nate Diaz... Not so much. Uh, his last big notable thing, he did have one victory last year, or it might have even been in 2019. Uh, but other than that, his last big thing was submitting Connor in 2016. Right. So it's been four or five years now that we really haven't seen too, any, too much from Nate Diaz, including Jorge Masvidal absolutely just putting him in his place. So, um, you know, I, I, do, I don't think a Diaz brother is ever washed up because they can just get in there out of shape and just slug away and they'll yeah. still go and the distance. punching bags. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he. the thing I like about Nate Diaz is the same thing that really attracted me to Forrest Griffin as a fighter, simply because he said, I need to get knocked loose a couple times in order to then do my job correctly. Right. Because even you go in there with all that hype and that attitude and, you know, like the publicity, it's like the same thing with Conor McGregor. It's just like you can talk the talk, but Nate Diaz literally needs you to hit him so he knows that he's in a fight in order for him to go, okay, shit, now I need to do something about it. So I'm not counting Nate Diaz out with him. It's always a puncher's chance, and obviously he's shown that he has some amazing ground game as well. But Leon Edwards has been unstoppable. Uh, Outside of that draw, I don't think that's going to kill his momentum. I think he knows who he's fighting. He's coming in prepared. Uh, So for that aspect of this, I'm 100% going Leon Edwards, and that's who I want to win desperately. Real quick on Nate Diaz, since we've been talking a lot of Simpsons this morning, obviously not on the pod, but all of us together. You ever see the one where uh, uh, Homer becomes like a boxer, and all he does is just stand there and take the punches till the guy's too tired and then just pushes him over? (laughs) That's, That's how I feel like Nate Diaz fights at this point, but... Yeah, the books agree with you. Leon Edwards, a 5-1 favorite. Yeah. Minus 500. Nate Diaz, plus 355. It doesn't seem like this one really has much of a chance. Leon Edwards, a huge favorite over Nate Diaz. But yeah. still think it'll be entertaining. I don't think it's one. We, oh, no. We, we yeah. know Nate Diaz doesn't go down in, like, round one and two. So, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, they made this five rounds for a reason as well. It, it probably makes I'd say it probably goes to the fourth at least. Oh, I would absolutely expect Diaz to do exactly what we said. Go in there, um, take a beating if that's the way that it goes. Again, I give him a puncher's chance in this one, but Edwards has just been so meticulously clean in all of his fights and just knowing his opponent and going in with a good game plan and listening to his coaches. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this one might go into three or four. Even if it goes to five, I just call it Edwards by decision because he's just such a technical striker compared to just that, you know, uh, I mean, if it goes to to decision, there's a thousand percent chance that Edwards yeah. wins. Nate Diaz ain't winning a fight by decision. No, not at all. It's not that guy, especially at this point. Nope. We move on to title fights. Uh, some of the biggest names in the UFC right now, in MMA right now. The flyweight title, Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. Yeah, and this one is amazing because we've already seen it. And the I, I was going to say the UFC doesn't normally do this. Um, I feel like I'm contradicting myself then because they're doing it next weekend and then they're doing it with Dustin and uh, Connor is usually you don't get the second fight so uh, you, you usually don't get that or like the trilogy fight right like after they're, they're going already away done. from it I feel like it was a thing yeah. and now they like seem like they're like forcibly trying not to do it when it's what everybody wants all the time still. Yeah, and everybody wants those legacy fights, but the thing is, normally there's like a buffer fight for each fighter in between. Right. So, this one, for obvious reasons. Now, 
I mean, the last one was a draw. And oddly, we've seen more draws in the past two years, including 21, uh, so 2021 and 2020, than they had previously in the past seven years of the U.S. Because all these fucking eye pokes. Yeah, so we're talking eye pokes. We're talking um, just like, the, I mean, the doctor's decisions are getting in there, but a lot have just gone three-round decisions, and the judges are just like, eh, like, okay. <laughs> like, and that's the other thing we can get into is judges scoring something other than like a 10-9 round, like getting more crucial but this fight was one of the only fights i've ever seen in ufc or mma history where i sincerely went okay i get that like <laughs> like this their strikes were like right on par with each other their takedown attempts their successful takedowns like everything was just like so neck and neck i could understand why this was a draw and i'm so happy they're bringing it back um and just doing so so quickly these guys are going to do exactly what they did last time they're both going to go in there guns blazing no care in the world not fearful of getting knocked out I think Figueredo is going to lean back a little bit for the first two and then see where Moreno's cardio is at. With flyweights, it's usually pretty fucking good, but um, but that's what he did the first fight. And then the last three rounds, that's when Figueredo, the champ, you know, really got in there and started getting technical. So we'll see how it goes, but either way, this is another one where we're talking two guys who are going to go in there and absolutely just throw no caution to the wind and just really just fuck shit up. When you talk about how many draws there's been, it takes me back to, I don't know if there's a lot of uh, Ted Lasso fans out there, but in his first press conference, he says something about like, well, either way, we're going to go out there and win or lose. And they're like, or draw. And he's like, oh yeah, I forgot. Y'all have that in soccer. <laughs> it's like, it's becoming more and more in, in UFC as well. And I, yeah. I, I don't like it in soccer and I don't like it in UFC. But to your point, when, when this fight happened, it was one of the few that you looked at and you said, all right, like, yeah. I get it. So uh, talk to me who you have in this fight. Um, so I'm going, I, I don't want to say underdog because I don't know the odds, but I'm going against the champ just because of what I saw last time with Moreno. And I think now he has the opportunity to say, well, I fought him. Now I know what to expect. You can literally go back and watch a full five rounds of game tape and be like, okay, this is, this is what I need to do. And this is what he did last time. So I think Moreno's camp has been um, really focusing on that. And I think they're doing a lot of good work with him based off of the stuff I've seen online and just training camp videos. So I'm going with Moreno on this one for a title fight I would say these odds are, are pretty even because we know historically in UFC you know champion has the advantage as yeah. well like if it's going to come down to decision especially judges usually are not going to give it to a challenger no. there's yeah. that advantage for holding the belt Figueredo minus 250 so a little more than a two to one favorite but Brandon Moreno only plus 195 the other way so that's okay. not a huge dog for a title fight at all so there's yeah. definitely some upset potential there definitely some betting value on Moreno if you think that he can upset the champ for sure and then we get to the main event on the card the Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori fight for the was it middleweight title yeah, this is the middleweight one. So this is where Adesanya is still the champ, um, and that that's a big uh, you know component on this fight. Is to Vittori's credit, the last fight that Vittori lost in the UFC was in 2018, and it was to Adesanya. Ever since then, he has been nothing to fuck with. He has been an absolute monster. Nobody can really touch him. I think only one of those bouts came to decision, and everything else was finished, whether it's a submission or a TKO. So um, Marvin Vittori putting in the work, earning this uh, title opportunity without question. Um, and then that's what we have to question about Adesanya is, 
uh, arguably what some people would call, you know, like the next Silva or one of the greats already in this sport taking his first loss because he decided to go up a weight class and try to fuck with Jan Blachowicz, which is never a good decision for anybody if that's your normal weight class. So is Adesanya going to be a little hurt now with a imperfect record? Is he, you know, prepared to be back at middleweight? Uh, or is Marvin Vittori just going to capitalize and, you know, do what he's been doing to everyone in his path since Adesanya? And they've already faced before. So this is technically Adesanya Vittori too. So, I mean, it's it's going to be such a crazy main event. All right, so who's your, who's your pick? I'm going Vittori. I'm going against the champ. I think Adesanya lost a little bit of his own momentum, might be in his own head after that loss, and instead of coming back with a vengeance, I, I think he's going to take a you know a step back. And I think Marvin Vittori has been really good in his media presence as well, just not like, you know, Connor Nate, you know, Jorge bullshit, uh, but just really putting it out there that he has absolutely no fear going into this match and I believe him I, I you know I know he lost to Adesanya before but ever since then everyone that Adesanya has beat Marvin Vittori has beat and maybe harder because I mean, there's some knockouts that he's he's performed that are just filthy so I'm excited yeah ne- neither of these title fights heavy favorites again we talked about how that worked out with Figueredo and Moreno on this one Adesanya minus 286 as a favorite so Okay. Pretty heavy, but Vittori only plus 225 as an underdog. So, again, when you talk about these title fights in the UFC, those aren't long shots at all. And now that we've looked at all the odds, I can tell you that as far as the favorites go, Figueredo is the least favorite of all the favorites. So if you're looking for an upset, that's usually a good way yeah. to identify it is not looking at the odds for the dog specifically, mm-hmm. but looking at all the favorites and saying, you know, who does Vegas give? the most likely chance to lose well it's the one that is giving you the best payout on on if they win the one that it's closest to so it goes back to the moreno point of probably being a pretty good value bet but vittoria plus 225 not bad either so that's the main card for uf ufc 263 again that's a week from today so june saturday june 12th sir rob the last thing i want to ask you because you kind of talked about it in regards to Adesanya, mm-hmm. and we, we've talked a little bit here about a couple things in like kind of UFC precedents throughout its history. I just want to get your thoughts on the idea of guys jumping weight classes, because from my again like very casual outside perspective, and really mostly hearing you know you Paul and Sean talk about this yeah. here on Punches and Potables, I, I can't think of many examples at all where a, somebody jumping their weight class ever really served them very well. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really only been done successfully by one person, in my opinion. I know Paul and Sean might, you know, be able to, like, dive deep into, like, you know, the UFC or MMA history, but, um, you know, I it really hasn't been done much. For most people, it's kind of like a Conor McGregor thing or a, a Cejudo thing, where it's like, I did it once, I challenged the champion, which is crazy to think that just because you're a champ in one weight class, you go to another. They're and, immediate- and you're the number one guy. Exactly. Um, so... I already don't like that aspect of it. So then it's some something like Connor and Cejudo where it's just like, hey, I did it. I won the belt. I was the champ champ. I think DC did that as well. So it's just like, all right, I'm champ champ. And then I never defend one of these titles if either of them. Yeah, I just give it back. Yeah, I just so, wanted to show I could do it. Exactly. So I had one fight in there. So for them, did so, it do so something? So it's all just an ego check, basically. For, for, that, for them, yes. So, I mean, anything... That Connor can do for his ego, he's gonna do <laughs> exactly. Um, Cejudo as well, not so much Rum, um, uh, DC. DC, yeah. Uh, but 
I mean, when you're talking about Cejudo and Connor, definitely just for the ego, just to say I did it. So in my opinion, only one person who's done it, defended it, and done it right, and that's Amanda Nunez. True. She, she is a champ champ, and she is a champ who's willing to be like, That's hey. also unfortunately a result of there not being enough yeah. <laughs> divisions and enough competition, but uh, which is usually the other thought process is, hey, I've cleaned out the division. Nobody's worthy. I need a challenge, which is yeah. like half legitimate, half ego. Yeah, absolutely. But in a good way. Yeah, and, and you know, the Lioness definitely has an ego about her, but it's well-deserved. And not absolutely. to say that the other guys, you know, uh, didn't have it, um, you know, deserve it at that point in their career. Uh, but like you said, I mean, half of it's not having a division, but at the same time, um, you know, arguably, I think, you know, just women do have a tougher time with the fluctuation of weight, especially, you know, for someone as fit as her to be able to stack on the pounds if needed. Oh, for sure. And then to be able to do that and then have to then in reverse go be like, all right, well, now I'm going back to another weight class. So I think, you know, for her to be able to do it as successfully as she has and to literally just tell Dana, just tell me which belt you want me to defend, right. when you want me to defend it, and I'll do it, uh, compared to a lot of the guys who, like we said, get that second belt, drop it. Uh, it's, it's just difficult. Like, I mean, uh, Paul and Sean and I have discussed how it's just to fluctuate that weight that frequently, and if you're going to be a double champ to do what Amanda Nunez is doing and be like, hey, just tell me which one went, it's not easy to do, and then you're messing with your body. Your body doesn't know if it should be a 175 or at 185. If you're resting at 200, should we cut 30 pounds? And then all of that after a while is just going to take a toll on you in the sense of, you know, all of the dehydration and all of the things that you typically do as a fighter, even though they try to, you know, to get away from that you know you're sitting in saunas for days and days and days and training and drinking you know only water and limiting your you know food source so it's it's just not a healthy process to begin with so to think that guys are fluctuating their weight numerous times a year that excessively it, it's not good for your health it's you know unless you're doing it successfully like amanda nunez is you're not doing anything for your career uh just just stick where you're at or jump a whole entire weight class and then dedicate yourself to that new weight class like doing it once every now and then is just it, it's not smart either way so basically the answer to this question was amanda nunez is fucking goaded yeah absolutely she is by far the greatest female fighter to ever be in mma bellator pride um ufc like regardless no one no one does it like her for a while people were thinking that it was rousey and she she was the trailblazer that you know did what she needed to do and amazingly thankfully for the women's division in uh mixed martial arts uh but people were thinking chris cyborg you know amanda nunez put her out and then she's been put out since so it's it's no it's nunez nunez yeah. is by far the goat of you know pretty much mma yeah really it's already in the discussion yeah. and i have to separate it by gender yeah at this yeah point. pound for pound like she is one of the best of all time male female you know does not matter she is 100 percent goaded all right, guys, that's going to do it for Punches and Potables here from the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival. Again, make sure to follow us on all social media at Process Potables. We'll have videos on YouTube. We're doing Instagram live stuff, Twitter live stuff. Uh, the podcast will be posted throughout the day and whatnot. Uh, we'll be back to talk some beer, talk some Sixers, uh, hopefully talk some MLB betting, and who knows what else we'll be able to find again today here at the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival. Stay tuned. <laughs>